You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 659 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is Friday evening, and, uh, and continuing Beat Rider Week is what I'm calling this now, I guess. Sarah Spencer of the AJC is here. What's up, Sarah? Yay! Hi! Thanks for having me, Brad. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, I uh, I had your cohort, or, you know, I guess comp- competition directly, I suppose, with Chris Kirchner on a couple days ago, and you guys are on the road. Uh, it's a long, long time. Uh, this is sort of your first long uh, NBA road trip, so uh, I guess how's it going so far? Mm-hmm. It's going really well. Yeah, no, you played your cards right with having Chris on and then having me on right after. Or else I was <laughs> jealous for sure. Um, but no, you know, it's going really well. This is definitely, uh, this is like our last, you know, leg, but we're at LA the longest, obviously, since we have like Clippers and Lakers um, back to back. So, you know, I'm in LA for long enough to kind of, you know, kind of get out, you know, like you obviously you're working so much in every city that you don't really get to see that much. So I'm really excited to have another, like an extra day in LA, you know, to kind of actually get out and kind of, um, I don't know, kind of like see the sights a little bit, stuff like that. Um, and obviously it's kind of been a, an up and down road trip um, for the Hawks as well. Definitely a lot to cover as far as injury news as far as a lot of different things so it's been a very busy I guess it's been like a week almost um it, it's been a very busy few days but overall it's been really fun and I think especially for me being new to the beat it's been really good to kind of you know like immerse myself in it and kind of do it 24 7 and you learn more that way or at least I do um so overall it's been really good and looking forward to an awesome LA trip yeah, I mean, every year the Hawks go on pretty much one West Coast trip, and this year it was pretty mm-hmm. early, so they just kind of threw you into the into the deep end a little bit. I know you had a few games to cover, of course, before the, before this started, but uh, it's always interesting for me. I mean, I've never been on one um, full. Um, I've went on a couple mm-hmm. of games um, on the West Coast, but not the entire you know ten eleven day excursion. And uh, you know, as Chris, I think Chris said this too on the last when I had him on the podcast, but like the, the team is flying, um, you know, on, on the charter and, you know, doing the nice cushy things and they have to play basketball games, which is <laughs> something you don't have to do, but you have to like make, right. make, make connections and like get to hotels and stuff like that. It's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it can't be uh, all that much fun. It's not the most glamorous thing ever. You know, I think that's probably like a really common question I get, you know, when people don't quite you know, just like from the outside looking in and it's like, Oh wow, you get to travel like with the team. And it's like, well, not, not exactly. You know, like I go where they, I go where they go, but I don't go on, you know, like a charter plane or anything like that. Um, but I did have one moment where like, I felt a little, a little like fancy, you know, traveling and that kind of thing. And I mean, I'm so stubborn. I won't even like check a bag, you know, so I'm living off of like <laughs> living off like my, you know, like laundry from the week. Exactly. But I walked into my hotel, I checked into my hotel in LA not long ago. And, um, you know, it's like a, you know, it's like a nice hotel, but, um, you know, it's not necessarily like the fanciest thing in the world. And they were like, upon checking in, they were like, can we get you a glass of champagne? And I was like, whoa, this is what people mean. Like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> like, I feel so big time. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, it's just kind of like the grind of, you know, like the everyday grind, you know, just in a different city. Um, and it is cool to get to see different places. And I'm someone who really didn't travel that much growing up. So it's been awesome to 
go to different places for the first time, like as an adult, when you can like really experience it and really remember it, you know? Um, but you're, I mean, it still works, you know, so you still have shoot around and that eats up a lot of your day, you know, you have games at night and you don't get done until really late. Um, so it still is very much like that everyday grind, but I mean, come on, like it's still really cool and it's still really fun. So I'm enjoying it for sure. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Um, I have to ask you about Thursday night in Phoenix because it was a weird game is the best way I can describe that. Um, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am not a big, uh, referee discussion person i think i leave that to the fans for the most part but um Mm -hmm. it became sort of the dominant storyline last night so even i was weighing in on kind of the weirdness there and uh i did get to watch Lloyd pierce's press conference but you were standing there i think he even referenced you at one point (laughs) at one point on the broadcast that i saw oh my goodness he did he did he was making a joke about it though he's he's very much a jokester and i think he likes to have fun you know something i've noticed is especially after games that aren't that that don't go the hawks way Sometimes I think he tries to, like, have a little fun just to sort of lighten the mood, you know, so that it gives you other things to talk about other than, well, here's why we lost, you know. So I think he was trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, And someone asked him about the Suns' uh, three-point shooting, um, saying, like, oh, they – I forget exactly what it was. Like, are they, you know, a three – like, how good of a three-point shooting team are they? And someone had, like, questioned that or something. And, you know, obviously that was – (laughs) <laughs> that ended up looking silly because they were, you know, they made like 15 compared to the Hawks eight. Um, but Lloyd was like, and that's why we don't trust writers. And I was like, thanks, <laughs> man. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate it. I didn't say that, but, <laughs> but I was standing there. So I'm kind of going to get called out for it. Um, but no, I mean, I think for the most part in that post game interview, he was kind of just trying to have, I don't know if light in the mood is even the right way to put it, but I, I mean, he was just trying to answer questions about kind of a bizarre game and you know was doing his best because I mean it was like you know there were so many offensive fouls called on the Hawks and it was kind of it really was limiting what they I mean obviously it was limiting what they could do on offense and it was taking away possessions you know because I mean you get called for it and turn the ball over you know Um, so it was just really limiting them and you know I think Trey Young also had uh, was asked about it and he was like you know I imagine unless you're a big Phoenix fan, basically, like I imagine that game was not fun to watch um, because of how much it kind of got to be pulling teeth a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a kind of, it it was just a bizarre game. Um, And obviously, you know, DeAndre Bembry ended up getting those two texts and got ejected. Cam Reddish eventually got, um, I think it was kind of later in the fourth quarter, he got that second flagrant one and then you know he ended up getting ejected too so it it was just honestly it was just pretty messy um and I think afterward we were all just kind of digesting it in that press conference and and Lloyd was like making a joke here too but you could I mean you could tell he was frustrated too um so I don't know it, it was it was up and down for sure Lloyd is very polished with the media um and that's a good thing and a bad thing in some ways sometimes he just is you know very prepared, and that's what you would um, want if you were the team, not necessarily the media, when you're when you're trying to quote somebody. But you, mm-hmm. you, could, you could tell that early on in the press conference, he was trying not to get himself in trouble. Uh, a couple of quick no comment almost answers, and then it kind of he mm-hmm. got he got a little bit more fired up as things went along and started actually answering questions a little bit more uh, decisively. But it was very clear, even from, from from where I was, that he was he was not happy, which is okay. I mean, I think I I, I understand right. that thought completely, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, he he was frustrated because 
so much of what the Hawks try to do offensively was getting called for offensive fouls, you know, like he, I mean, I think he had one quote that was pretty much summarized it perfectly, which was like, they stepped in front of our rollers. Like obviously when someone's like rolling and he was like, they stepped in front of our rollers and apparently that's a pick and roll or <laughs> and apparently, and apparently that's an offensive foul. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, and I, I he's think not one, wrong. One of, <laughs> he's not right. And so, and, and, right. And I think one of, I, goodness, I forget which player it was, but uh, one of the players was basically like, you know, just because someone kind of, just because someone falls down doesn't mean a foul was committed. You know, like just because someone's like bumped or something, you know, doesn't mean that I fouled him, you know? And so, so anyway, I mean, I think there was just a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, I mean, Jabari Parker had some funny quotes about how, like, ah, we didn't no, I'm not, we don't call offensive fouls like that. You know, and so I, I don't know. I think everyone, you know, and obviously no one wants to uh, go too far out on a limb and, you know, p- potentially, I guess, maybe get fined if you were to say something crazy criticizing the rest. But, um, but yeah, so I think everyone was just kind of trying to, was frustrated, but also just uh, after a game like that, I mean, what, what can you do? Like, all you can do is, if you're them, is just kind of be like, well, that sucks let's move on and hopefully we don't get calls like that moving forward. Like what, what else can we do about it? You know? So I think the players and Lloyd too, were just kind of like, and Lloyd at one point was like, you know, it, it's not worth it. Like it's not worth it for me to sit here and like criticize over and over. And I think he eventually did it in a way that got his point across, but wasn't, you know, wasn't putting himself out there too much. But I mean, there was just a lot of, it was a very odd vibe um, afterward in that game afterward in the locker room, because I think they were just kind of like, what (laughs) and and let's move on from it you know yeah it was just a profoundly weird game and honestly this road trip's been an exercise in highs and lows like you go you go to portland and they lose in overtime in a game that they certainly could have won then they go to denver and they get a big upset win you know trey's fantastic Mm -hmm. etc and then they have the Mm -hmm. the weird slash disappointing loss in phoenix so it's kind of just been this uh up and down road this whole trip it feels like Absolutely. And uh, absolutely. And especially in Phoenix, I think in in Phoenix and in Portland, I mean, man, like you can, you can get it to overtime, but the way they were, uh, you know, the way, I mean, Trey Young didn't score a point in, in that overtime um, loss to Portland, you know, or in the overtime, you know, period specifically. Um, And, you know, in in Phoenix, so in Portland and in in Phoenix and Denver, I think you kind of saw like, well, when Trey pops off a 40, even when the Hawks are, limited in other ways they can really hang with anyone or potentially you know beat anyone so you see that and then in in portland and then and then in phoenix i think you really see the the downfall of them you know when i mean obviously they don't have john collins right now and then last night they also didn't have kevin herter um who's out who's out injured and so you know with john you know okay so they're missing his his offensive production but also john collins was playing good defense you know and i think he was he was doing a lot for them defensively, and so they miss him defensively as well. You know, and I think you saw that in that game as well. So I don't know. I, like up and down is a very good way. I definitely agree. Up and down is a very good way to describe this road trip so far. And obviously, they're about to face, um, you know, two teams that <laughs> that are going to be very, very difficult. So uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say we could just do this now. I mean. 
two games, you know, there is some uncertainty about Kawhi on Saturday. He's mm-hmm. listed as questionable, which is very interesting. Um, if he plays, it's a pretty uphill battle. Um, you know, obviously the Clippers are not unbeatable, as we've seen. Whenever Trey mm-hmm. Young, like, like you, like, like you kind of referenced, whenever Trey Young has it going, they can compete or beat anybody. But still, mm-hmm. they're the underdog pretty decisively in both of these games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are? I guess how's the? I know obviously the mood last night was very weird, but how's the confidence level? Because that's something I get asked that I'm not even sure how to answer. Sometimes it's like, is this t- is the team confident? I'm like, well, yeah, they they always seem pretty confident. Maybe individual players are down on themselves, but you know, how do you think they're approaching this? Because you know, we, we've now seen you know 11 games. It's been highs and lows. They're very young, and I think outside of the building, I kind of have an expectation of what they're going to do. But inside, it's very different always because professional athletes and coaches have high opinions of, of themselves. They're a confident bunch. They want to compete. So what have you made of the way that they sort of feel about how things are going right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there's confidence. And like you said, I think there's definitely that um, feeling. I mean, I, I know Trey in particular has very, very high expectations. And it really doesn't matter who else is on the court, you know, like he, whether, you know, if John's out, Kevin's out, whoever, like Trey really goes out there, I think expecting to win every game and, and hoping for that. Um, and like we said, like, especially with the production they've gotten from Jabari Parker, um, you know, which has just been so key with, with who they're, they're missing and they're kind of playing shorthanded. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think there is that feeling, you know, we can compete with anyone, we can play with anyone, but as far as, you know, is that actually achievable? You know, who knows? I mean, anyone can beat anyone. I mean, I wouldn't have expected them to beat Denver. You know, I kind of thought that their best, I think we'd actually talked about how their best um, chance for a win on this, on this road trip, playing some really stacked teams in the West was Portland, you know, and then they ended up losing in overtime there and then winning, <laughs> then winning in Denver. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and a game, you know, in a game when, okay, they don't have John. And then also they didn't have Kevin, you know, for, for a decent bit of it, you know, um, so, I mean, I think there's confidence and, and the vibe of like, we can compete with anyone. Um, but I mean, I, I do think the Hawks are certainly at a disadvantage going up against the firepower that they are about to both, you know, if, if they can, they can hang with anyone if they're, if Trey is scoring at such a high level, but as far as can they actually, you know, get stops to, and can they actually play from behind and, and come from behind to win? You know, if that's the situation, you know, I mean, we'll see. Um, but, I mean, they certainly are about to go up kind of against some Goliaths. Um, you know, but but again, I wouldn't have expected them to win in Denver, and, and they did. So it, it's kind of a team where you don't know exactly what you're going to get. You know, they can hang with anyone when Trey's producing like he can, and then they can also fall behind when, when, when he's limited or um, – you know, and I mean, even in Phoenix, I mean, I think he scored, let's see, 21. Um, so it's not like he had, you know, this historic game. Like, they were doing everything they could to limit him. But they've also been getting – they got more production from Alex Lynn, which has been, you know, some, something that's been very welcomed, I think, over the last two games. And I think bringing him off the bench is seeming to be working a lot more. Um, so it, it's hard. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to predict as far as what's going to happen. You just kind of have to wait and see, but no, I do think there's a feeling of confidence and we can play with anyone. It's just a matter of, you know, what can they do? How much can they accomplish when they are shorthanded like they are right now? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and just for reference, uh, I just I just checked what we were t- while we were talking. The Hawks are a 12 and a half point underdogs on Saturday against the Clippers. So, mm-hmm. uh, an uphill battle nice, to nice. be sure. Um, uh, 
I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about a couple more things in a second, but before we get to that, I'll take a quick break from our sponsor. So hold on tight. We'll be right back with Sarah Spencer. All right, Sarah. Um, you mentioned Alex Lynn a second ago. I was going to ask you about the sort of the center switch that happened during the trip. Cause I've not been there to ask anybody about this. You know, I've seen what Lloyd mm-hmm. has said and he made the sort of funny joke about it being bad coaching to start Alex Lynn for so long, <laughs> which I, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it seems to be working and you know, I, I always hesitate to assign, you know, quote unquote, that something is working after two games, but it has worked so far. It seems like everybody's happy with that. Alex Lynn seems to be okay, but I mean, what have you seen from that? And obviously he's been playing better, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's one of those things where two two things kind of changed at once. So it's kind of hard to like isolate the variable of exactly what led to this to more production at center. Um, because I, I know that he said he mentioned he had um, referring to Alex Lynn. I know he so he sprained his ankle leading up to training camp. And, you know, he I've asked him about that before and he very clearly doesn't want to make excuses, but it did sound like that had affected, you know, his conditioning and his ability to be, you know, to be in good shape and to be, you know, to be able to be shot ready, that kind of thing. I mean, there are some things that happen with him as far as being able to hand pa- handle certain passes that maybe don't come down to conditioning, but it, I mean, it does sound like <laughs> yes. it, it, it does sound like it affected him, you know? And so I think a lot of things, uh, and then he said, he mentioned he had like retweaked it. But I, I don't know. So I don't know if maybe his re, like him retweaking it wasn't that bad. And so maybe he's finally kind of catching up to where he would have liked to be to start the season. Um, but then also him coming off the, the bench, you know, so he basically he tweaked it, tweaked his ankle. And then Lloyd was like, OK, so maybe you're not 100 percent. I'm going to bring I'm going to start Damian Jones and you're going to come off the bench. And Alex was like, sure, totally cool. Um, then it works so well certainly didn't look like anything was wrong with his ankle you know and it were it worked so well and he had a season high uh at that point 17 points um you know and he, he had really been he just did not look like himself on offense and then uh last game so against phoenix obviously playing against his old team as well um he topped that and he had 21 points and you know what damian jones looked a lot better too starting um and he had i think a career high 14 points because I, I I'm pretty sure before that uh, his career high was 13. So so anyway, l- like you said, very very much like a, a like an incredibly small sample size. Um, but w- whatever happened, whether it's mentally or otherwise, um, you know, and I think Lloyd's really into that, like into the mental side of things. You know, like he he kind of had um, he was kind of talking about this to to me the other day about how like you know some guys want to start some guys like that some guys it just it's just more ease if they come off the bench that's just better for them mentally so honestly and then you know and then Alex was asked about it and said like you know I don't care like I'll do either one it doesn't matter to me um so so many things kind of changed at once and you know if you're the Hawks like who cares because it's working you know so, you know, I mean, it's something to keep your eye on as far as, like, does this continue? Um, but, I mean, I thought I, I thought it certainly worked against Phoenix um, as far as, like, that kind of production. So, so, anyway, I mean, you know, I mean, who knows exactly what happened there? But as far as, as far as, um, you know, I mean, if you're the Hawks, you probably like it, right? So, I, I think, I think Lloyd's plan is to kind of stick with that and see, kind of just continue to evaluate and see how it goes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's too early to say if Len is just a guy who's better off the bench, but he he did play so well last year at times, particularly late in the season. And then as soon mm-hmm. as he got in that role again, he suddenly was good back-to-back games. So maybe it's just something that he's more comfortable with. And we'll never know. There yeah. is the mental side that gets ignored. And I, I'm guilty of this too. But there's mm-hmm. just stuff that, we, that we'll never know for sure unless someone tells us. Um, right. Stuff that happens behind the scenes. Even if you're really close to the team like you are, you know, there's just stuff mm-hmm. that happens that we're just not going to be able to quantify. Not everything's yeah. quantifiable. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get inside someone's head? You know, I mean, who knows, you know, so, so whatever it is, it's working for now. And so they're probably just going to kind of chase that feeling. But I did think it was really funny when I, when I asked um after Alex had his first, uh, his first season high against, against Denver. And I didn't, I didn't even get the, like, I didn't even form a question. Like I just, I started my question of like, Alex Lynn came off and then Lloyd was like, Bad coaching. Bad <laughs> yeah. coaching. It was it was it was it was a great video, honestly. It was great it was great video to watch um at home, I will say. Oh, it's so funny. He's and he's so funny, like if he if he like is comfortable talking about something, like you can basically just say like a syllable and then he just kinda like goes goes ahead with it. Um but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes moving forward. Certainly. Um <laughs> it's the other basketball thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, I think probably the n- number one guy I get asked about right now is Cam Reddish. Um, and now he's starting mm-hmm. again because of the Kevin Herter injury. And it's sort of a dual question is number one is like, what are they going to do without Kevin Herter, which we've kind of seen a little bit of now, but now that we know how mm-hmm. long it's going to be, or at least an estimate, there is mm-hmm. some uncertainty there because, you know, we talked about this a lot offline, but for a while there, the Hawks are playing like 12 guys every night. And right now they don't have 12 guys. <laughs> they have Mm-mm. like eight or nine that you trust. And they're playing some guys that they don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to play. Like Charlie Brown played the other night and he's not necessarily ready mm-hmm. to go yet. Maybe Vince is back mm-hmm. soon. Maybe Parsons is playing soon, but there's a lot more uncertainty mm-hmm. than we had a, a week ago when they left. It's kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they, the, the, the really hard part about it is, you know, I mean, Kevin Herter had, um, you know, he had kind of struggled earlier in the season and he's certainly a guy who was having a lot of, he was having a lot of right knee issues. There's nothing structurally wrong with the knee, but he's just been feeling discomfort in his knee. And it was apparent, like he wasn't playing very well. And then the last two games or so, um, when he started feeling better, he just really started to take off for them. And then it's just, it's just super, I mean, you never want to see anyone get injured, but it's just super unfortunate timing and and super hard. But by that, in that same vein though, when that first happened, and I know, I know you asked me about Cam Reddish, and here I am talking about Kevin Herter, but <laughs> I asked you like four different um, things. So that, that, was, that was bad hosting by me, just to be fair. <laughs> no, I can I can take it. But um, when I when I saw Kevin Herter get injured in in Denver, and obviously Jokic, Jokic is such a big guy. I mean, good lord, and he really just kind of bumped Herter's arm. But I I honestly thought maybe, and I didn't say this because you never want to like you know, speculate about an injury before a diagnosis comes out. Cause I'm not a doctor. Like, what do I know? But I was like, Oh my goodness. Like he just dislocated something or, you know, like it, it just, it really, it looked like he was in so much pain. So from, from one standpoint, even though, you know, you never want anyone to get injured and I, it certainly looked painful, but the diagnosis that he had with just straining things and, you know, not having to get surgery, like reevaluate after two weeks, I think that could have been, it's, it, it, it certainly could have been like this worst case scenario and it ended up not being. Um, so it, at least that's good. Like at least that's a little bit of positive news. Like if they were going to lose him, at least it's not, you know, for that long or I guess we'll see, but you know, it's a little bit encouraging that he doesn't have to go under the knife or anything like that. Um, but no, I mean, I think with Cam, you know, I, I actually asked Lloyd about this um, before 
Phoenix and I asked like what kind of product or what kind of um, progression have you seen from Cam, you know, so far this season. And he did say, even though so offensively, you're not really seeing it yet. Um, he, but if you look really, if you, if you look really, really closely, um, which you don't want to have to do, you know, right. But I mean, he's a rookie <laughs> and he's struggling, right. And he's, yeah. and he's struggling right now. And Lloyd did say he's, it, the game is, is starting to slow down a little bit for him. And what I was asking about was kind of like, you know, okay, shot selection, you know, he's Lloyd has talked a lot about how he's kind of trying to like beat people with moves and how, you know, when you're up against like NBA caliber guys, like they're, they're taught to defend that and that kind of thing. Um, and so the game is starting to slow down for him on offense is, is Lloyd's impression. And, you know, it's early on. I still, I mean, you know, he's still got a ways to go. And then defensively with his length, I mean, I think he's actually been pretty solid defensively. Um, and he, he's had a couple, especially, you know, on this road trip, he's had, you know, against, against Denver. Like I actually thought he had a decent game against Denver, but you know, he had a turnover, uh, you know, a kind of a bad time and, and just little things like that. So, I mean, he's just kind of, he's working through his, you know, his rookie kind of issues right now, but I, I think there's been a little bit of, of progression there as far as like, okay, I need to, I need to take a beat here. I need to like, think about, okay, I'm, you know, there's times when, okay, it's like, okay, I'm going to, drive and then I just like go you know they wanted to get like Lloyd says get downhill and he's starting to do that a little bit more so I think I think there have been some some baby steps there I, I mean I really do um you're not going to see it because if you just look at a very traditional like box score maybe you're not going to see it that much because it's not going to show up there yet um but I think there are baby steps that he's taken um you know these last couple games yeah I agree I mean it's I know people are listening to this. I, I talk about probably him probably too much, but Hawks fans are very invested in Cam Reddish, so that's like the number one guy mm-hmm. they're following, aside from obviously Trey. And they should be. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they, they should be. I mean, this guy has, he's got a lot of, he has a lot of upside, and that's why people care, and I get it. Like, I get it. I would too. You know, like, I totally, totally get it. But he's just, he. I mean, you have to let him develop a little bit. I mean, that's just what you have to do. So, Maybe it's frustrating if you're a fan, but you have to understand like he has a lot of upside, and maybe it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're no, you're right. I mean, he he's playing more than he should be. Honestly, if we're if we're being honest about just winning games today, he isn't the helping them win. Right. But at the same time, you know, he's a big time part of their future, so you want to play him. And they're just right now they're shorthanded anyway, so he he kind of has to play at right. the moment. So, so- Right, exactly. So he'd have to anyway, even if he weren't, you know, like, oh, this is the future, you know. So, and I mean, that also with like with the amount that he's playing and the amount that he that is needed from him, you know, the, even just minutes wise, you know, like, okay, then you're then his all of his problems are going to be under like a, a microscope, you know, because a lot more of it is expected of him when he's out there, you know, so you know so i mean i don't know there i understand i understand people have really high expectations for him and he might get there you know he's already taken some baby steps but i mean i do understand like there's not much there's not much he's he's not scoring that much right now you know and that's another big another big thing that people want to see you know and it's just going to take a little time i think for sure it will and uh, i'm not worried uh, yet so we will t- we'll talk plenty more about him in the future i'm sure um 
before I let you get out of here, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you back and make you come back. So I'm, I'm not. This is not the last time that we'll talk about this. But I want to. No, know, I insist. <laughs> I insist on coming back. I will <laughs> schedule myself to come back on your podcast. <laughs> that is that is perfect. Uh, I, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I wanted to ask you since you know you are you are new to the beat. This is your first time doing, I think, extended NBA coverage. Like, how did you how did you get here? Is the best I guess probably the best way. I think you know I I know this story because you t- you told me offline. But for people that don't know you necessarily yet. Um, maybe yeah. introduce yourself and talk about how maybe this is different. Cause I know the NBA is different than other things that people have covered in the past. It is, it's, it is, it's been an adjustment, especially from covering some college basketball, you know, you come to the NBA and you're just like, wow, the caliber of this is just so, it's just so different, you know? Um, but basically, so just to give my like little miniature life story here, um, I'm originally from Georgia, graduated from UGA in 2016, um, and I actually had an internship covering the Pirates for MLB.com, and that brought me up to Pittsburgh. Um, and I actually ended up getting a job at the Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh, and I was kind of doing, like, general assignment stuff. I covered, like, some Duquesne in the A-10, so I was very familiar with Charlie Brown uh, when I came <laughs> oh, down yes. to, Shouts to Mr. Charlie Brown Jr. Yeah, the junior is important, not actually referring to the cartoon. Um, and, um, so I was familiar with him, you know, at St. Joe's and everything. And I was doing a a little bit of everything up there. And then, um, eventually started covering Penn state football, um, and didn't do that for too long, to be honest. And then I, um, it it just kind of like, kind of the the stars aligned a little bit. I had, um, known some people back in Georgia, obviously, because that's where I'm from. Um, I say like back in Georgia instead of back here because I'm currently in California. <laughs> yes. um, I'm just so turned around with this time difference right now. Um, but but yeah, anyway, so I had been in talk with some people um, in Georgia and eventually um, got the offer to come back and cover the Hawks. And I had actually covered when I was a student at UGA, I think we had covered one Hawks game. Um, but a, a lot of it was a, a lot of my experience, you know, I mean, I covered like college basketball, um, but a lot of my experience as far as like pro stuff was baseball or football. And I just really, you know, I'd covered college, college football, college basketball. Um, and NBA was kind of the one thing that I hadn't done that much. I mean, heck in Pittsburgh, I had even covered like a little hockey, like, come on. I mean, I'm in, I'm from Georgia and I'm like covering some hockey, <laughs> um, did my best did my best um and so nba was actually the one thing that i really hadn't done that much of and i really wanted to but but i loved it you know and so i wanted to challenge myself and i just had a feeling that it would be a good fit um the pace of it's definitely very different i like i have the opportunity to travel with the team or you know at least like travel to cover the team and it's just been so awesome so far um and i'm having a great time and i hope people are following along and reading um you know, your stuff and mine. And so, um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's very different. It's a, you know, kind of, kind of like when you want that new challenge, you know, and that's what this has been for me so far. And I've loved every second of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, one thing that since you've done baseball, especially, I think people don't understand the grind of the NBA because, you know, baseball, it's every single day. It's a different grind. Um, but you, you mm-hmm. go to, you go to one city and you're there for two, three, four days. Uh, and the NBA guys, they're just flying every other night basically and they're just going somewhere else uh it's just a very weird Man. beat to be on yeah like just just especially for you i mean I'm, I'm thinking of how you had to have gotten through this week so far and if you're not flying <laughs> direct places and you know 
teams fly out the night, like right after the game, and then uh, beat writer has to fly out the next morning. There's just, there's a lot of logistics people don't necessarily understand. It's like, oh, Sarah's in Los Angeles, Sarah's in Phoenix. That's cool. Um, but just the way that the NBA schedule lays out. I know a lot of beat writers that I have friends with that have done it for a while. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a very, I mean, I don't want to say unique, but it's a very rare sort of lifestyle that you have, it that you is. have to lead. Yeah. It's like a very unique rhythm. Um, it definitely is. And it's also, so there's, there's some good and bad with that. Like the good is that you get to lo- see a lot of different things. Um, and also the good is that when you're on the road, the access is just so fantastic. And so, you really get to, and what I mean by like access for listeners is basically like your ability and the availability to interview the team and to be around the team and to interview coaches, to interview whoever, you know, to, to interview staff, like whatever like that. Um, so the access on the road is, is so great because you're just all in this, like, you know, you're just all in this city and you're just kind of there with the team and it, it's just a really unique experience and really fun. Um, but you know, there's, there's also some, some hard stuff with it too. Like you said, like, you know, I unfortunately do not own a private jet. And so, (laughs) you know, I have to kind of have to kind of like, you kind of have to pack your life into a suitcase and just like bounce around from city to city. And you make a really good point about baseball because, um, and I never traveled for baseball. I did like one or two things, but I never traveled like on a beat. Um, because when I was covering the pirates, I was kind of like an intern. Um, still got to do a lot of cool stuff though. But, um, so yeah, when you're, when you're doing that, you go to a city and you're there for like three days, you know? So like, if I go to, you know, if someone comes to Atlanta, you know, like visiting, then you really get to know the city and that time and you have a lot of time. And so kind of a downfall with, it's a downfall, but you know, I feel bad saying that cause it's such a cool thing to get to do, but it is hard because you bounce around so much, you know? So I think right now, like a lot of a lot of times when I'm in, um, you know, cities for the first time, like I had never been to Portland. I had never been to Denver. I think I'd been to the airport once, but I won't count that. Um, I had never been to Phoenix and I've never been to L.A. So all wow, of the four, cities four in a row. Top. That's impressive, actually. Four, yeah, four in a row that I had never remotely been to, like at all. And so for all four, like basically what I'm doing is, you know, I'm having a lot of fun, working a lot, been a lot of injury news, like trying to get a lot done, trying to make sure I go, you know, to at least like one like fun dinner, fun place, like in every city that I go to. But then also I'm kind of like I have a notes out, like, you know, the notes up on your phone. So I have a list and I'm making notes of like, okay, whenever I come back to Denver, I have to do this. Or like, okay, next year in this city, I have to do this. Um, so I think because the NBA is so fast paced in that way and because the, the structure of the season is so different than, than baseball or, you know, especially football where it's like, you know, your, your week culminates in this one big game, you know, and you, it's just like a totally different, totally different structure. Um, because the rhythm is so different, I'm kind of having to like, make sure I'm like, okay, I got to prepare this for next season or make sure I got to go back and do this, you know? Um, but it, it's fun, but it is definitely, it's a lot. But it's also like, you know, it's such a cool thing that, it, you know, it's worth it. And it's it's really fun. Now I feel bad that I've taken away uh, part of your, one of your nights in Los Angeles that you could have been having fun. So that's my, my apology Yeah, man, that. I could be getting some good tacos right now. No, I'm kidding. No, this has been great. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> no, hopefully you still have time to do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to beg you to come on later on, but uh, I'll let you go for now. Please uh, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter. They probably already are, but if they're not, they should be and tell them where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is a little obnoxious, and it is 
the uh, it's just one of those things that you have to do when you have a very common name. But so my Twitter is at Sarah, and that's with an H, at Sarah underscore K underscore Spence. Um, and yeah, there's no R on that. Um, so anyway, Sarah underscore K underscore Spence, and then also to so follow me on Twitter, and um, also keep track of everything going on uh, over at the AJC. Yeah, and you have the uh, the fancy. Is, what do you call it? Like the the morning after like PDF thing that I keep seeing that's popping up. That's like a sports page, but it's online. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited with this, and I think people have really liked it, and it's just been so so awesome. Um, so basically, you know, it, we have AJC.com, but also people who are subscribers, you have this this thing called the e-paper. And basically, like, if you don't want to pick up, like, a hard copy of a paper all the time, or maybe you don't have, like, access to it or whatever, or it's just not the way you like to read, um, basically, you have, like, the e-edition, and it's this big Hawks page that we, um, I think we, I forget exactly when we started working on it, but um, we put together, like, so I write, like, takeaways from the game and everything like that, which can also be found online at AJC.com. Um, but we also have like some fun kind of behind the scenes stuff, some good like photos some different things, you know, there's always someone cool at a Hawks game. Um, so like this date in like Hawks history and kind of some beyond the box score stuff, but we have a full box score on there too. And it's just really fun. And it's just like kind of something that I think readers are really enjoying. And it's just another way to like engage Hawks fans. And I'm excited to be a part of it for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very cool, and uh, you're doing great work. I'll say that now on the podcast, live into a microphone. You're doing great, and uh, <laughs> read read Sarah, read Sarah stuff. Read read every read everything. There's plenty of room for everyone, but uh, Sarah's doing great stuff. So thank you for coming on. I really really appreciate it. And again, we will do it. We'll do it again soon. And uh, I guess I'll see you Wednesday, if not uh, when, yeah, when the Hawks yeah. are finally back to Atlanta after two exactly. plus weeks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sarah. And as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see everyone uh, after the game on Saturday.